show. Let's have some fun. And I think it was a very, very good day, even though I'm in a foul mood right now. I'll explain in a minute. Why was it a good day? Because abortion is disgusting. And I think we had a huge win today. I think I should say, I think I'll explain in a minute. We have Dr. Fauci looking like a gigantic horse's you-know-what in front of everybody, which is always fun. Jen Psaki, Joe Biden, they are really up against it here with all this coronavirus death that's happening in America for her man who promised to, quote, shut down the virus. Remember all that? Bill de Blasio and his open heroin sites. American cities becoming murder hellholes and some great emails. I'll even take some phone calls tonight on the Jesse Kelly show. We even have Dave Reboy coming up. He's a great writer. He's coming up about an hour and a half from now. He's going to talk to us about Hungary and let's focus on that for a moment. He's going to talk about the country. I'm going to talk about why I'm in a bad mood. You see, it has nothing to do with the news. It was a great, great, great day for us. Great day for you. Great day for me. Roe versus Wade's disgusting. I'll get to that in a second. However, in this exact moment, I'm not doing well. You see, you're probably a well-balanced person. I, however, am not. I have so many things about me that are just not normal and they're not the way you're supposed to be. My obsession with food is one of these things. Food... Food affects my mood. You know how some people were in the mood for different foods? Hey, what are you in the mood for? I'm in the mood for pizza. I'm in the mood for a burger. I'm in the mood for seafood. I'm in the mood for something. I'm not that way. Food affects my mood. And look, I wish it wasn't that way. Kids, you don't want to be like this, but it is. If I have a good meal, I am in a good mood for hours. Hours. I don't do this on purpose. It just makes me feel better about life. If I'm in a bad, if I have a bad meal, it's not that I'm in a bad mood forever. It's not that bad. Then I'm okay until I get a good one. If I'm starving, I'm already going downhill. If I'm starving and then you deliver food to me that is bad or that is not the way I asked for, now I'm just a bad person. Now I'm just now I'm Ivan the Terrible. And right now, I'm, you're hearing Ivan the Terrible over the airwaves. Yeah, yes, Chris, it's called the darkness. My camp, you remember I ran for Congress a couple times, and my campaign staff guys, you know, you always have guys have to come with you, schedule stuff, and handle things for you. They used to call it the darkness. And they would carry around granola bars or a Snickers bar or something like that. Because lots of times when you're running for office, you don't have time to eat. And I would get to the place where I was just... In a bad mood. And you know I'm not really in a bad mood. I, I'm not normally that way. I like to laugh. I like to have fun. And they'll just see this permanent scowl over my face. And I start snapping at people. <laughs> and that's when it's like, all right, he needs a Snickers. Can, can we get him a granola bar, please? That's what you're getting right now. So look, from the bottom of my heart, I know I said I'd never apologize. But from the bottom of my heart, I'm sorry if I lose my temper tonight. It may happen. But let's set that aside. Because it was a good day. Now here, here's let's let's unpack this from a thirty thousand foot view so everyone understands. Roe versus Wade. What's at stake right now? Well, here's what happened. Mississippi has made a challenge, a challenge to Roe versus Wade. If Roe versus Wade does get overturned, I need to clarify this. 
This does not, this does not make abortion illegal in the United States of America. It does not. What Roe versus Wade has done is essentially make some form of abortion legal everywhere. This, if you get Roe versus Wade overturned, you take away that legal protection, and then the states themselves can just ban it outright. The state of Texas, state of Florida, whatever, no more abortion. Sadly, state of New York, hey, let's just kill them all. You know, different states operate things in different ways. And it really is sad that that's the way you, New York would go. I mean, there's so much history in New York. You know what? I'm not going into it right now. I'm not going into it right now. But that's what's at stake right now. And so there's an argument about it. Now, this isn't exactly the first one. This is not exactly the first argument. This has happened several times before. This one, though, and I'm going to play you some great audio from various people in a second. This one, though, it looks like it's going to happen. I don't want to get my hopes up, and I actually called a congressman friend of mine. In fact, actually, Andy Biggs. Congressman Andy Biggs is on my TV show tonight on the first TV, 9 p.m. He has some uh, illuminating conversations about that, illuminating things to say about what we should or shouldn't expect. But it was a good, good day for us. Now, before I go into the audio of Sotomayor and Barrett and Clarence Thomas, Clarence Thomas was the rock star today. I'll get you some Clarence Thomas stuff here in a second. But I do have to clarify my stance on abortion. It's not something I talk about a ton, mainly because it's hard to make it in any way interesting for people. And it's not something I care about if you're indifferent to it. I totally get indifference to, to abortion. I get it. A lot of people just don't care about it. They don't want to talk about it. However, it is something I am rabidly rabidly passionate about. I believe, and I believe this all the way, and you'll, there's nothing you could say to me to convince me otherwise. I believe it is much more than a moral stain on the United States of America. I believe it puts this nation, your nation, my nation, the country we love, I believe it puts us in the same moral standing as the nations you view as barbaric. I know that's hard to accept, but I, I do think that way. I do not differentiate between harming the innocent if it's done by some scumbag in Afghanistan or it's done by a, a doctor in a white lab coat with a bunch of uh, Clorox on the, on the shelves. I do not differentiate at all. We have killed over 50 million unborn babies in this country. 50 million. The Nazis did that. History views them as demons. Because doctors and lab coats do it in America, it's okay. You, you, and me, I do the same thing too. We'll look at people like uh, the Taliban. We'll look at the Taliban and we'll say to ourselves, look at these monsters. Look at these subhumans. Did you know? Did you know they actually sell child brides to each other? How disgusting is that? It's less disgusting to take an unborn baby and carve it up like a Thanksgiving turkey in its mother's womb. And suck it out with a vacuum. I know this is direct. I know this is harsh. I know this is difficult to hear. You don't hear me talk about it a lot. That's disgusting. That's evil. And that it has become not only acceptable here, it has become a wholesale industry here. It's an industry. Like we're selling tires or something. We kill babies like it's nothing. 
That is despicable, and it puts us on the same moral standing as the Taliban. I don't care how much you argue about that. It does. It does. It's despicable. So, I think we had a good day. I think we had a very, very good day. I'm happy about it. Now, again, back to what I was saying in the beginning, I don't care if people are indifferent to it. Chris is relatively indifferent to it. It's not a big thing for him. He's not even that pro-life, not as pro-life as I am. I'm, uh, I'm absurdly pro-life. But I, I don't care. So I get that. What I don't get is this, though. And, I, and this is just one of those human nature things I don't understand. You have to look at yourself in the mirror, either every day or every once in a while, and take an accounting of yourself. How are you doing as a person? Good? Bad? We all do. I know you do it. I do it. We all take a moment. Obviously, you're probably not actually looking in the mirror, although maybe you are, and you think to yourself, am I a good dad? Am I a good person? When I say this, is that the right thing to say or wrong thing to say? You do a little self-analysis now and then. Every, every single person does. Everyone does. Everyone does. So I have these moments where I think about a rabidly pro-abortion person. Like I'm not going to play you for you because the audio was bad. But there were these hardcore pro-abortion activists on the steps of the Supreme Court today. And they were not only chanting about how much they love abortion and saying things like abortion is love. They were taking the abortion pills and guzzling them on the Supreme Court steps. I, I do have to ask, whatever your stance is, how do you go home and look in the mirror and say to yourself, I'm anything but a monster? I mean, I, I wonder this. Look, I, I brought up Nazis earlier, and I'm not comparing these people to Nazis, but I brought up Nazis earlier. I've wondered that about historical demons like that. The Nazi camp guard. He went home that night and brushed his teeth and looked in the mirror and said, Matt, you are killing it, Hans. Well done. Well, Seriously, there's never a moment where you're like, man, I'm, I'm a demon. Or maybe there is a moment. Maybe they know. Maybe they don't care. All right. I'm going to play you some outstanding audio from Clarence Thomas, Amy Coney Barrett, Sotomayor. It was a good, good day today. Don't forget, we still have de Blasio (laughs) and his open heroin markets. Gosh, poor New York. But first, Christmas time's here. I know. Look, hey, it's December 1st. Don't lecture me because you don't have the Christmas lights up yet. Christmas time is here. It is time to start gift shopping now. Why not take advantage of a deal at MyPillow? The original my pillow, you know, the heavenly my pillow, the one you've heard people brag about. Don't lie, I know you have. It's nineteen dollars and ninety eight cents right now. If you go to mypillow.com and use the promo code Jesse, it's nineteen dollars and ninety eight cents. This thing was originally sixty nine ninety eight. You can save over fifty bucks on it. So no, I'm not telling you to go buy a my pillow right now. I'm telling you to go buy yourself one. Buy one for your parents for Christmas. Buy one for your spouse for Christmas. That kid who's going off to college, buy him a MyPillow. $19.98? MyPillow.com, promo code JESSE. Or call 800-845-0544, promo code JESSE. He doesn't care if you believe him, but he's right. Jesse Kelly. the jesse kelly show i love santana santa who doesn't who doesn't air guitar to santana and as you know as you know 
I'm a humble person, obviously. The Oracle is as humble as it gets. I'm pretty good at air guitar. I'm not going to brag. Look, I'm not, I'm not here to brag. I, I can shred the air guitar. Back to abortion today. Again, we've got Dave Reboy coming up an hour and 15 minutes from now. We're going to make fun of Fauci. Fauci had a rough press conference today. <laughs> we'll get to that. But let's talk about all this Roe versus Wade stuff. So today, today was the oral arguments. Essentially, the pro-abortion lawyers stand in front of the Supreme Court and they argue why abortion's wonderful. And I just want to say something before I get into all the audio from it. And I really mean this because I was just going off in the previous segment about these people who love abortion and I don't understand it. I understand being indifferent to it. I don't care. But I don't understand loving it. I went back to do a Brett Kavanaugh, quote, undercover video when Kavanaugh was getting ready to get confirmed. There were all these nasty protests in D.C., And this was during a time when I was trying to, this is just a few years ago, I had quit my job as a sales manager at selling RVs, and I was trying to get some kind of traction in some kind of a media career. Well, one of the best lessons out there for people who want to do it, I have people who ask me stuff all the time, is put content out there. Put stuff out there. Anyone can put a video online today. It takes two minutes. Put something funny or interesting out there. You never know who's watching. So I saw there was all this, all these nasty protests going on. They know Brett Kavanaugh is going to kill us all. And I thought to myself, it would be funny to go back and go, quote, undercover. Well, everyone knows I'm six foot eight. I, I'm not going to be undercover anywhere. But I got these dorky looking glasses that I put on, fake glasses. And I had my neighbor make me a T-shirt. And the front of the T-shirt, again, it's me, said, hands off my uterus. <laughs> And I and I put it out on social media that I was going undercover. Anyway, I want to skip past all that. If you want to see it, it actually is a really funny, good video. It's on the show's Twitter account, and it's on the show's Instagram page as well, at Jesse Kelly Show. At Jesse Kelly Show. It's on both those if you want to go watch it. It's funny. You'll enjoy it. But that's not my point of this. My point of this was when I was back there, I had never been at a uh, a real a, a heavy abortion protest. I've marched in in you know March for Life and things like that, but I've never I've never seen the other side of it. And there were all these super pro-abortion women on the Supreme Court steps, and you know how I just kind of like to poke people in the ribs, and we like to laugh. I mean, don't don't you and I like to laugh? We like to laugh. I was planning on just doing the funny video you saw and, you know, laughing at all these crazy people and then going on about my merry way. Well, you know, I'm a monster. I mean, everyone knows I'm a monster. That's not a secret. I'm a monster. I don't have feelings or a heart or anything like that. But even me, when I was back there, I had several moments where I legitimately felt sorrow. I don't know if that's the right word. Sympathy. For some of these women, I will never forget it. There was a young lady, 20s or 30s. Pity is probably a great way to put it, Chris. Pity. Uh, There was one of these young ladies, I would guess 20s or 30s. I mean, by all accounts, looked to to be a normal-looking person. I mean, could be pretty, I guess, in any other setting. And she instead was naked from the waist up, uh, wearing some kind of weird hat. And she had all this pro-abortion writing written all over her body. And I remember looking at this girl, not in that way, Chris. I remember looking at this girl and honestly thinking to myself, man, that is so sad. What is, what is wrong? What went wrong there? 
something went wrong there. And I'm telling you, this crowd, the vehemently pro-abortion crowd, there's something wrong. There's something really wrong. And if you were ever around these people, you would realize that there's something wrong in there. All right, before I get to this stuff, 877-377-4373. I'll take your calls. Or you can email the show, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. But let us begin with the greatest Supreme Court justice on my life. And I'm not making this up. We better build multiple statues to this man when he's dead and gone. The great Clarence Thomas today. You can tell. Now, remember, this guy, just a quick little background on it. This guy's normally very quiet when it comes to oral arguments. He's a quiet person anyway. Clarence Thomas, he wasn't so quiet today. I understand we're talking about abortion here. But what is confusing is that we, if, if we were talking about the Second Amendment, I know exactly what we're talking about. If we're talking about the Fourth Amendment, I know what we're talking about. Because it's written. It's there. What specifically is the right here that we're talking about? Well, Justice Thomas, I think that the court in those other contexts with respect to those other amendments has had to articulate what the text means and the bounds of the constitutional guarantees. And it's done so through a variety of different tests that implement First Amendment rights, Second Amendment rights, Fourth Amendment rights. So I don't think that there is anything unprecedented or anomalous about the right that the court articulated in Roe and Casey and the way that it implemented that right by defining the scope of the liberty interest uh, by reference to viability and providing that that is the moment when the balance of interest tips and when the state can act to prohibit a woman from from getting an abortion based on its interest in protecting the fetal life at that point. So the right specifically is abortion? It's the right of a woman prior to viability to control whether to continue with a pregnancy, yes. Okay, let me unpack a little bit of what you heard there because I know uh, you may not speak lawyer, and I don't speak lawyer either, but I know a bunch of them, so I called and tried to figure out what I was saying. It's essentially boils, figuring out what I was hearing. It essentially boils down to this. Most of the arguments before the Supreme Court, they do cite an amendment. If we have, like for instance, I, Jesse Kelly, I believe I should have total freedom to own fully automatic weapons if I want. I believe I should be able to own a cannon. I believe I should be able to operate a fully functional tank. And no, I'm not being I'm not exaggerating for radio. I believe the Constitution grants me that right. But the laws in this country have changed a bit and it doesn't look like that's there. If I wanted to make that argument, I would have to get a bunch of fancy lawyers, do a bunch of things, and I would end up having to cite before the Supreme Court, okay, which amendment do you think should allow you to own a tank, Jesse? And my lawyers would say, well, the Second Amendment is right there. That's what they would say. Clarence Thomas, I know her word salad that she just chose to toss against the wall, her word salad made it more confusing. But Clarence Thomas stepped up and he said, uh, what, which amendment exactly are we talking about here? And she just did the word salad thing, and he said, okay, so so there isn't one. Do I have that right? Oh, I know Clarence Thomas did well, but the, we're about to juxtapose that with just how bad and evil Sonia Sotomayor was. Hang on. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. Chris, I understand I've caught a lot of heat for liking Phil Collins, and I'll still defend Phil, but 
we don't need to be repeating that song again. That was not good. He had a lot of no, 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 no. Don't defend. Don't care anymore to me. That was bad. That's not a good song. That's objectively a bad song. All right. We just played Clarence Thomas for you here on the Jesse Kelly show and him. You could tell he was chomping at the bit to get out there and argue on behalf of pro-life. Good for him. Good for Clarence Thomas. Lord, please keep that man safe and healthy. He's getting up there in years. I'm going to get to Sotomayor in a second, but I do have to give credit where credit's due. You know how much it pains me to admit I'm wrong. Not that that has ever happened before, but it pains me to admit when I'm wrong. I've been very hard on Brett Kavanaugh, and I've been hard on Brett Kavanaugh for this reason. When he got nominated by Trump to be on the Supreme Court, I know you, I know you remember it well, he was the subject of one of the worst character assassinations I've ever seen in my entire life. The American media, the Democratic Party, remember they took some total nerd, some complete DC nerd, and they made that guy out to be an alcoholic gang rapist. And half the country still believes that. I thought that was so unjust, and I know you thought it was unjust. And because I thought it was so unjust, I locked shields with the rest of the right And I went after all these people. And I remember fighting tooth and nail. And I'm going to, you know what? Remind me, Chris, I'm going to tell a little story. I've told it only once before. I'm going to tell a little story on why Brett Kavanaugh is there. Give me 20 minutes. In 20 minutes, I'm going to tell you a story about why Brett Kavanaugh is there. And it's one you have not heard before unless you heard it the one other time I told it. So hang on for that second. But we went to war for Brett Kavanaugh. I know you did as well. Because everybody saw. I mean, mothers across America saw, my goodness, my son can have his whole life wrecked because of this nonsense. This is crazy. So we go to war for him. He ends up getting in. Barely. Which, again, I'll tell you that story here in about 20 minutes. He ends up getting in. Now, he hasn't been that good. Now, here's how I would view it. I understand my mentality may not be right, but this is how I view the mentality. Look, if you go after me like that, you destroy my reputation. You have half the country believing I'm something I'm not. You have family, friends, my own mother blasting me in text message. What did you do? What's wrong? I'm so scared. I saw it on Facebook. I'm coming back for you. I'm going to remember, and I'm going to come for you, and I'm going to come for you without mercy. Brett Kavanaugh got put on the Supreme Court and for the most part has tried to make himself look like, well, I'm one of the good Republicans. I'm not as bad as you thought I was. And I was so mad about that. So mad about that, about him being such a loser. However, if he gives me this one win, one win, I'll forgive all. And I'll unpack this a little bit because I had to call a lawyer friend about this too he had something to say today, and it sure sounds like Brett Kavanaugh is going to overturn Roe versus Wade. If you think about some of the most important cases, the most consequential cases in this court's history, there's a string of them where the cases overruled precedent. Brown v. Board, uh, outlawed separate but equal. Uh, Baker versus Carr, which set the stage for one person, one vote. West Coast Hotel, which recognized the state's authority to regulate business. Miranda versus Arizona, which required police to give warnings when the right to rem- about the right to remain silent and to have an attorney present to suspects in criminal custody. Lawrence v. Texas, 
said that the state may not. Okay, produce. I'm going to cut him off there because your eyes are already glazing over, and I'm getting ready to just dive off a bridge if we have to hear any more of this. It's just legal talk. What he's going over is this. He's going over because I, I again, I, this is not my knowledge. I had to call in some favors, so I had to call some friends, and I said, "What is he? What is this? Warren versus uh, uh, Jimmy Buffett? I don't understand. I don't know. Habeas corpus? I don't. I don't speak this language." So I called, and here's here's what he's saying. Precedent. They'll use precedent a lot. What has happened before as a justification to keep doing it. Well, okay, maybe we can't cite an amendment that's for it, but a precedent, a precedent says we can. Brett Kavanaugh stepped up and said, why? That doesn't make any sense at all. I think we should analyze this from is it constitutional or not? And remember, it never was. Brett Kavanaugh was the man today, the man today. Now, on the other side of that, and then I'm going to wrap this up. We have to get to other stuff. I do want to get to de Blasio's freaking heroin shooting galleries and everything else. I'm going to get to that in a second. But Sonia Sotomayor, she was the radical justice, of course, appointed by Barack Obama. She says something today, and I know maybe she won't realize it. Maybe you won't agree with me. I consider this to be evil. This is what she said. How is your interest anything but a religious view? Um, The issue of when life begins has been hotly debated by philosophers since the beginning of time. It's still debated in religions. Um, So when you say this is the only right that takes away from the state the ability to protect a life—that's a religious view, isn't it? Because it assumes. Okay, we can stop it right there. Because here's what you just heard. Obviously, that's absurd. It doesn't take any kind of religious belief to understand uh, that's alive. It doesn't take any religious belief at all. You could be the biggest atheist in the world and understand that that thing is alive, especially in this day and age. I mean, that wouldn't be acceptable a thousand years ago when you can just you know, feel the baby bump on the mother and you had doctors trying to do what they can do. Today, you know, we have 4D ultrasounds today. You practically see that thing play cards. Well, they call them 4D, Chris. I don't know what makes it 4D, but that, look, they have advanced ones. Don't play dumb with me. Don't sit there. And try to use your lawyer speak and play dumb with me. Well, I mean, look, philosophies change. And look, some religions are arguing about it. I mean, who knows? Might be alive, might not. This could go either way. Don't you dare, you evil freaking hag. You know dang well that baby is alive. You understand that is a living human being. You're looking at the heartbeat. Don't you play dumb with me, you freaking ghoul. You understand that baby's alive. Come out and at least have the guts to say it. I know it's alive. I think I should be allowed to kill it. Because that's what you think. That is what you think. But they do this garbage lawyer speak all the time. All the time. Well, I mean, you call it a baby. I mean, I don't know. I I read Plato one time and he... Oh, shut up. That is a living human being formed in its mother's womb. If you're okay with murdering it, then just step up to the microphone and say you're okay with murdering it. I already know you're the equivalent to the Taliban. You're not going to say anything that shocks me. Nothing. If you're going to be a monster, 
at least be good enough to own it. At least, you know what? At least terrorists, you know, the scumbags who blow people up around the world, at least they own it. They'll go on camera and say, I hate Jews and Americans. I'm going to try to murder them all. Evil? Yeah. At least they own it. At least they're not. De- well, if you look into the philosophy, I don't know. I, I, I had a guy, he was, he, was a, he was a Greek guy once, and he disagreed about the Catholics. Oh, stop. You don't believe that for a second. The truth is you're a brainwashed anti-human communist, and you believe an unborn child should be allowed to be murdered on demand by his mother in a doctor in a white lab coat. Why you got to that point in your life, I have no idea. But don't you dare play dumb with me. Well, I'm not sure of philosophy. Gosh, that stuff steams me. All right. See, dang it. See, this is why I need to eat before the show. I was going to try not to lose my temper, and then I, then I did on the show. All right, we're going to talk about heroin. That, that should bring us up. We're going to talk about heroin here in just a second. But I know tis the season, right, to be mailing. You have a bunch of free time on your hands. You have all the time in the world to just cruise. Hey, I think I'll go wait in line for a half hour at the post office. I was actually at the post office a few months ago. I had to go down and pick something up. I wasn't there to mail something. I was just there to pick something up. I stood in line for 45 minutes at the post office to pick up a box. You know stamps.com is out there for all of you who want to mail stuff, right? They let you compare rates, print labels. You get exclusive discounts from not only UPS but USPS. Oh, and did I mention you get a steal right now if you go to stamps.com and use the promo code JESSE? You get a four-week free trial. You get free postage. Do you need that at Christmas time? In a digital scale. Oh, no long-term commitments. I'm not talking about that gym where you have to send them a telegram to quit. Go to stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the page, and enter the promo code JESSE. I've got an animal inside of me. This is Jesse Kelly. You're listening to The Jesse Kelly Show. It is. The Jesse Kelly Show, and look, I'm going to get to back to Clarence Thomas here in just a second. But uh, Chris, if you don't mind, <laughs> would you play uh, the uh, spicy ginger from today? Peter Ducey asked Jen Saki a question, and it it didn't go very well. Whatever happened to President Biden's promise to shut down the virus? We're working on it, Peter. <laughs> Well, uh, whoops, that didn't turn out so well. <laughs> All right, 877-377-4373. I'll take some calls. I'm going to get to some emails here in a second. Remember, I'll give you your Kavanaugh story here in about 10 minutes from now. But I did want to do something. I think it's important we do do something. To be honest with you, you know I don't plan out the show. Just kind of sit down and just go. And obviously, I've been uh, abortion. I'm passionate about. So we've been all over Roe versus Wade all show long. Rarely do I sit down and think to myself, "Man, I should have done this different. I should have led the show with what I'm about to lead with right now. I really should." So I'm going to make that up right now. There was a shooting yesterday, a school shooting in, or on Tuesday. I'm sorry. Yeah, yesterday there was a school shooting in Michigan. Uh, as you know, we never, ever, ever, I'll never change this. I never give names after these school shootings. I don't give the names generally of the victims. I'll never give the names of the people doing the shooting. I don't believe in it. Uh, we know study after study shows 
half the reason these guys do these mass shootings is for the fame. I think if we starve them of the fame, they would disappear. So that's just a show. That's just a policy I have. And I have another policy of I do not stand on still warm dead bodies in politic ever, ever. Give it a couple days. Let's work some things out. Let's get some facts in. Then maybe we can start diving into that part of it. But we, we, what we will always attempt to do on this show is honor the heroes of this society. There is a 16-year-old boy, or I should say there was a 16-year-old boy, a young man. He's not a boy. Forget about that. A man. His name is Tate Meyer. 16. He went to Oxford High School where the shooting took place. He was a running back on the football team. And he lost his life in this school shooting. And he lost his life by charging the shooter and trying to disarm him. He's being credited with saving lives, of course, slowing the guy down, letting other people get away. And this guy, he had a 3.9 GPA. I mean, the dude was just a beast. Just, just, just everything you want your son to be. And I'm not even talking about the GPA or the football. I'll be frank. As a father, I obviously have the same concerns for my sons that, that, that you have for your kids if you have them. I want them to live long lives. I want them to, I want them to find kind dimes and marry them and raise a million babies with them. I want to be there as, as the grandpa who spoils the daylights. I have all these dreams for my kids. Same, same dreams you have for yours. It's not unique for a parent. But man, do I want my sons to turn out to be like Tate Meyer. 16 years old, in the face of death. And, you know, one thing they don't tell you about combat, it never comes across in the, in the movies, is the, the screams and the smells and the, the sounds. You just, it's, it's, it's not like something you think you're going to... It's not like what you think it is. It's, it's chaos. You can't hardly think a 16-year-old had the presence of mind and courage to charge someone with a weapon when everyone else was doing the understandable thing. You know, the thing I'd have been doing, hiding under my desk, everyone else is running, hiding. This guy steps up and says, I'm going to save lives. So salute. I know it means nothing, but salute from us to Tate Meyer, American hero. Salute to you. Salute to you. I will see you in heaven, brother. All right. Enough of that. Let's get back to Clarence Thomas here for a second before we get to your emails and your phone calls, 877 Because I listened to this Clarence Thomas clip again during the break, and I had a brilliant thought. I know what you're saying to yourself, Jess, you have so many of those, and you're right, but I had a brilliant thought after listening to this. Go ahead, Chris. I understand we're talking about abortion here, but what is confusing is that we, if, if we were talking about the Second Amendment, I know exactly what we're talking about. If we're talking about the Fourth Amendment, I know what we're talking about because it's written, it's there. What specifically is the right here that we're talking about? Well, Justice Thomas, I think that the court in those other contexts with respect to those other amendments has had to articulate what the text means and the bounds of the constitutional guarantees. And it's done so through a variety of different tests that implement First Amendment rights, Second Amendment rights, Fourth Amendment rights. So I don't think that there is anything Chris, you know we got enough. I don't think we need the abortion love and harpy. I just decided to cut that off early. But I was thinking about Clarence Thomas, maybe the greatest living American. He may be. Clarence Thomas is so criminally underrated. He's been out there fighting for all the right things for a long time. 
It made me think about this. When I was thinking about Clarence Thomas, it made me think about me, as most things do. What, Chris? It's fine. It made me think about me. And you know how I, I know America's going to get a divorce of some kind. The country's going to break up. We have different values. The country will break up at some point. No, I'm not saying it's tomorrow. I'm not being absurd. I don't, I don't know if it's 50 years from now or 100 years from now. We're going our separate ways at some point. You, you can't keep this band together forever. And that's fine. That's the way life goes. I, if I'm still alive, am clearly going to be the leader of one of these nations. What? Just quit rolling your eyes, Chris. We're going to call it the Republic of Jesse or something like that. And until I can get everyone lined out with an appropriate constitution and, and, and what the rules are, like no women voting and stuff like that, until I can get, until I can get everything lined out for us, I do have to concern myself with myself. I mean, obviously, I have a high opinion of myself, but history shows even really, really good people do not do very well when all of a sudden handed all this power. There's a reason dictators are always doing some of the worst human rights violations everyone can imagine. It's just that the human mind, the human soul is not made to have that much power just given to them right off the bat. And so I'll be there writing laws, of course. We won't have a legislature. Don't worry, I'll get one of those. What? Because I'm going to grandfather in a legislature once I, once I die, upon my death. Upon my death, <laughs> upon my death then, then other people can rule. But while I'm alive, I am going to rule uh, with kind of an iron fist. But look, if you're not a communist, you don't have to worry about it. It'll be fine. But I do need some sort of check on my power. And I have an idea. Hang on. Down the dream. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. Don't forget, my we got my buddy Dave Reboy coming up about 25 minutes from now. He's going to talk about communism in America and hungry. Dave is always sharp. I don't even have to introduce Dave anymore on the show. 877-377-4373. Before I forget, we're coming very, very close to Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. It's right around the corner. It's like Christmas every week. And for new listeners, don't roll your eyes, Chris. For new listeners, on Friday, the week's heavy enough, so we take the whole day, no guests, no calls, and I just answer your questions. What questions? Anything. And I mean anything. You email into jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Does not have to be political. Could be history, men, women, whatever, travel. I don't care. Stupid things. Email it to jesse at jessekellyshow.com. We answer all of your questions. Well, all the ones I get to. Sometimes sometimes I do get sidetracked, I will admit. I will admit. What, Chris? Depending on how much coffee I have, on occasion I get sidetracked. But back to my, back to my Clarence Thomas thing. I was bringing this up. I've been thinking a lot about the breakup of America. Not cheering for it, just knowing it's going to happen at some point in time. And as everyone knows, I will obviously be the leader of the Republic of Jesse. 
and I'm going to have to be a dictator for a while while I get everything set up. You don't just snap your fingers. What, Chris? I'm going to give up power. It's fine. You don't just snap your fingers and have a good country. So I'm going to have to get everyone lined out. We're going to have to get the laws lined out. We're going to have to get our, you know, our trade policies lined out. How's the military shaped? How quickly are we going to abolish anything like the ATF or FBI? Things like that. There's no public education system allowed. You know, things like that. But I have to be careful with that much power. Even though, as you know, I'm spectacular, I have to be careful taking on that much power. It's bad for the mind. It's bad for the soul. Why do you think all these celebrities seem to go nuts? You can't have access to anything you want anytime you want. It just destroys you. Clarence Thomas, the greatest living American, he's going to have veto power over anything I do. So he'll be there with veto power over everything I do. Now, I do worry, what if I become just this huge megalomaniac and just have him arrested when he makes me mad? Chris, it could happen. You don't know. What if I haven't eaten? What if I lose my temper and haven't eaten? Clarence, to the dungeon. But I think because he's the greatest living American, I believe he should be the one who guides me. Guidance is a strong word. Keeps me in check is probably a better way to put it. Keeps me in check. All right. Matthew in Ohio, go. I uh, heard recently in Ohio there was this woman, this pregnant woman, goes into labor and obviously hops in the car. They didn't make it to the hospital in time, so a firefighter actually delivered their baby on the side of the road. Now, Jesse, here's my question. As that woman was sitting there holding her baby for the first time, do you think ever once it crossed her mind, if she wondered if that firefighter was vaccinated. Mm-mm-mm. Does the man make a good point or does he not? You remember we did that story last week on the only emergency room in this certain area of New York closed down because there were too many unvaccinated healthcare workers. You can tell how much someone really cares about something by how they approach it. You can tell people pushing vaccine mandates on firefighters and cops and healthcare workers and military. You can tell they just hate cops. They hate firefighters. They hate military guys. They, they hate teachers. They hate healthcare workers. They hate everything. These mandates are evil. Evil. They are. Star in Alabama. Go, Star. currently in a doctorate of health sciences with an education concentration, and we are in the process of debating um, an ethical case on maternal-fetal conflict. And it's amazing to me the number of people that think that it's okay to terminate a pregnancy for a viable baby at 27 weeks. And and again, in our discussion, in our debate on this topic, the mother's wishes and rights outweigh a viable fetus, which we really know with modern technology that this is a life. This is a baby. It's no longer a fetus. But that's, that's kind of what I wanted to say tonight. I just I think that we've got to do a little bit more about getting back our colleges, and that's where we've got to start. Star, appreciate you. Although I'm not going to lie, Chris, when I saw – by the way, that was a great phone call, so I'm actually not being as insulting as I'm about to be. That was a great phone call 
that when I saw her name was Star from Alabama and wanted to talk about fetal stuff, I was, one, hoping for a nurse, two, a nurse with a hardcore Alabama accent. What? What? St- we're going to go to Stan in California. Go, Stan. No, I'm in Montana. Go ahead, Stan. I messed up your state. Hey, how's it going? One of the, I was uh, um, just tuned in and was listening. I, I just found you on the radio the, the other day, and I... I really like your show. But one of the things that I heard you say was you brought up the topic of machine guns, machine gun ownership, and tank ownership. And it is legal in the United States to own both. Um, you can own uh, a tank and operate it on your own property as long as the main gun is demilitarized. And as far as machine guns are concerned, uh, Class three weapons are legal to be owned in most states. Yeah, but why would I want the main weapon demilitarized? That's the whole point of the tank. <laughs> That's the whole point of the tank. I don't want it to drive around. I'm not trying to drive over truck tires. I want it I want it militarized. That, that's the point. I want a machine gun nest on my house. That's the kind of person I am. I, when I say I'm pro-Second Amendment, I mean I am pro-Second Amendment, baby. I'm going to get to my Kavanaugh story here in just a second. I just promised you some emails. Jesse. There has been a very important question on my mind for a while now, and you might have some brilliant insight on it. Probably do, anyway. How come, while most restaurants and fast food chains are understaffed, my local Chick-fil-A's are fully staffed and operate at peak level? Let me explain something. I have had this theory for a long time, and I believe it all the way. Chick-fil-A is a wildly, wildly profitable company for obvious reasons. The food is very good. The service is much, much, much better. These are all obvious things. But they're actually missing out on a pile of money. And I mean a Fort Knox-style pile of money. Chick-fil-A is cheating themselves, and here's what they're doing wrong. Chick-fil-A should tomorrow open up a completely new division of Chick-fil-A. Call it chick for education or something like that. It, what, Chris? I just came up with it on the fly. It's hard on the fly sometimes. Whatever. And their entire mission in this new division should be they are going to sell their services. They're going to sell their counseling services to any business that, that wants it, and they're going to teach businesses, large and small, not just fast food, major corporations, tiny mom and pop shops. They're going to teach them how to vet and hire employees. It is one of the great success stories in this country. It is inexplicable that I can go right close to my, I mean, everyone has one of these. You have a bunch of fast food restaurants in your area, Taco Bell, McDonald's, whatever the case may be. I can go down to McDonald's and deal with uh, nine very, very average people. I can go to Taco Bell, and if you even get average at Taco Bell, that probably means you're speaking to the manager. And then I can go right across the street. So we're dealing with the same area, the same pool of pe- pool of people, and I can get Chick-fil-A service that is speedy and polite and on time. And yes, sir. Yeah, how may I help you, sir? Yes, please. Oh, they never forget my ranch. I, we're not even we're not even going to talk about forgetting my ranch at this point in time. Look, guys, I'm not going to go off again. The staff's worried here. I'm fine. I'm fine now. I ate. I'm fine. I'm fine. We're not even going to talk about forgetting ranch. But they never forget my ranch at Chick-fil-A. And I, I'm, I'm obviously being a little tongue-in-cheek, but I really do mean it. It's borderline inexplicable how Chris can go take 50 people from the same gigantic group, and I can take 50 people from the same gigantic group, 
and all my people are morons and stoned half the time, and all Chris's people are just squared away and polite and on time. They clearly have a system of some kind that is simply better than anyone else. And that does not just apply to fast food. I know you've experienced this in your life. I know you've experienced, especially in recent years, the absolute nosedive of customer service around the United States of America. Why do you think I talk to you about Pure Talk all the time? Their customer service is based in this country, and they're like the friendliest people in the history of the world. Customer service is everything. Chick-fil-A, they could write a book on it. They could write a book on it. My pillow did write the book on it. Have you ever dealt with my pillow? I mean, I'm, I, I tell you about their sales all the time and stuff like that right now. But Mike Lindell, as you know, not only just the patriot, he's a man who dug himself out of the dumps of life, drug addiction and everything else, and has built this pillow empire. And now they have all their stuff is good. That's what's so amazing. It's not just the pillow. All their stuff's good. And the customer service is so nice. They're so nice to deal with. And they do. They have a steal right now on their MyPillow. The original MyPillow, it's $19.98 right now. It was, it was originally $50 more than that. And Christmas time is here. Go to MyPillow.com and use the promo code JESSE. Don't just buy a MyPillow for yourself. Get them as Christmas gifts. Basically 20 bucks a pop. MyPillow.com, promo code JESSE. Go buy a bunch of MyPillows for family and friends. You'll be the bell of the ball this Christmas. We'll be right back. Fighting for your freedom every day. USA! USA! The Jesse USA! Kelly Show. You know I got to be moving on. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. And yes, I know I've been promising to get to more emails and such, but I, I can't I can't just let this go. Let's play this from today. You see. Uh, Let's remember Joe Biden. Joe Biden ran on, what was it? Everyone knows what it was. I'm not going to shut down the economy. I'm going to shut down the virus. I'm going to shut down the virus. I played you the montage a thousand times. Shut down the virus. One does really, really, really have to appreciate Jen Psaki and Peter Ducey duking it out. Or I should say Peter Ducey making Jen Psaki look like an outright idiot with questioning like this. Okay, so the questions from earlier about messaging, what ever happened to President Biden's promise to shut down the virus? We're working on it, Peter. There's another variant here. Is the is the idea that you want people now to kind of wrap their heads around that the president, instead of shutting down the virus, is going to try to help people live amidst the virus and go about their lives, but COVID is going to be here? Well, Peter, what's very important for people to understand, and all of you uh, are communicating to the public about what steps they can take to go back to normal or go back to normal life, something everybody wants to do. We're all sick and tired of this virus. But we need uh, uh, approximately 20% of the population or more people than are currently vaccinated to go get vaccinated and go get boosted. What we can do as the federal government is make those uh, vaccines we, we, we got the general gist. Do you hear, when you listen to this person, I'm, I'm actually going to play it for you again here in a second. When you hear this person, do you hear confidence? Do you hear somebody who's got it figured out? Or do you see an administration that is desperate? And I, I love this I love their desperation because I can't stand them and I enjoy their misery. Look, I'm a bad person. I enjoy their misery. I take genuine pleasure in it. The reason I love this so much is the solution is actually quite easy. 
It's right in front of them. It's just their sick, demented communist worldview won't allow them to embrace it. It's uh, You ever have somebody in your life, or maybe you're struggling with your weight as we speak. I don't judge that. There's no judgment here. Some people are big. Some people ain't. Ain't no big deal. Ain't nothing wrong with being a little thick. But let's say you got to a point in your life where you know someone who's too fat. They're just flat out too fat. It's unhealthy. And they eat awful. It's, it's, it's McDonald's every day. It's cheeseburgers and milkshakes every single day. Every single meal, they just eat awful. But they're constantly saying things to you like, oh, I just wish I could lose the weight. And you're thinking to yourself the whole time, uh, maybe skip a meal. What? What What do you mean you wish you could do? That's what the Biden administration is facing right now with coronavirus. It's obvious to anyone paying attention at this point in time. The vaccine, uh, it leaks. It is, there are breakthroughs all over the place. It's just this thing, honestly, it's time to start questioning the effectiveness of something that wears off in six months. Vaccines don't wear off in six months. I could leave bacon on the front porch and it would last longer than the vaccine. That's not good. It's time to simply accept all the data that's right in front of you. You know what helps against coronavirus? You know what really, really helps? We have all this data in front of us. Losing weight, getting plenty of sunshine, getting plenty of zinc, making sure you're exercised. I know those are not sexy things, right? Can I just have a magic pill? Can you just walk around with me with a Pfizer injection? I know those aren't fun, but the administration has to know by this point in time, okay, the the vaccines are not working. There's a reason more people have died this year than last year when there was no vaccine at all. Vaccines aren't working. Lockdowns do not work. Your stupid face mask does absolutely nothing at all except for make you uncomfortable and suck germs into your mouth all night long. So... When she's expressing this frustration, when she's expressing the pain in her voice that she can't get it figured out, I enjoy it because the obvious answer for what they should do is right in front of them. They just can't make themselves do it. Okay, to the questions from earlier about messaging, whatever happened to President Biden's promise to shut down the virus? We're working on it, Peter. There's another variant mm-hmm. here. Is the is the idea that you want people now to kind of wrap their heads around that the president, instead of shutting down the virus, is going to try to help people live amidst the virus and go about their lives, but COVID is going to be here? Well, Peter, what's very important for people to understand, and all of you uh, are communicating to the public about what steps they can take to go back to normal or go back to normal life, something everybody wants to do. We're all sick and tired of this virus. But we need uh, uh, approximately 20% of the population or more people than are currently vaccinated to go get vaccinated and go get boosted. What we can do as the federal government is make those vaccines free, make the boosters free, make them available. The president will talk more about what we're going to do tomorrow. But we need the American people to do uh, more who are not vaccinated to help us continue to fight the virus. Why won't you help them? Why haven't you helped them? Did you get your booster yet? I love the booster talk, too. It's all, it's all, it's already here. I told you it was coming. Look, I told you it was coming. Chris, play number 12, please. It's coming, and they're going to wait till after Christmas, but it's coming. You have a vaccine mandate, right? Uh, at what point does the booster <laughs> become part of the mandate? Yeah, I can't answer that right now, but I know that for the time being, the official definition of fully vaccinated is two. But do 
you see that changing? We keep having these variants. We're it, concerned about them. It could change. It, it could, could change. change. It could change. Yes. Of course it could change. I mean, there's no guarantee it's going to change. I mean, the CDC just already recommended everyone get a booster shot, and the Biden administration is already out there talking about booster shots. We had Joe Biden, what was it, yesterday, saying as long as everyone gets vaccinated and gets a booster shot. Oh, it's already changed. Don't get me wrong. They haven't made it official yet. This is one of those things they're really, really worried about how bad Christmas is going to come off. Prices are through the roof. Gas prices are high. Supply chain problems. That's part of the reason they're kicking down the road all the vaccine mandates and things like that. But believe me when I tell you, that booster requirement is coming. It's going to be part of any mandate. And then there'll be another one after that and another one after that and then another one after that. Because what has Jesse been telling you since the very beginning? Not day two, even. Day one. This never ends. This is about money and power, and it never ends until we end it. All right. Remember, if you miss any part of the show, the whole thing's available on iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes. On iTunes, leave a five-star rating and leave a review talking about how handsome I am. (laughs) We have Dave Reboy coming up next. I'm actually, I'm going to ask him about hungry and communism, things like that. But I think we're also going to have to dig into some hard-hitting questions with my buddy Dave tonight. What does he think about the name The Republic of Jesse? What does he think about... Don't shake your head, Chris. What does he think about me seizing these dictatorial powers? We'll talk to Dave about it next. It is The Jesse Kelly Show. Good grief. That was Kenny G. That's brutal. (laughs) Joining me now, my buddy Dave Reboy. Highly recommend you go subscribe to his Substack. Always has something to say. Dave, before we get into Hungary, I've been thinking a lot about the Republic of Jesse and how I'm going to have it set up whenever we break away. And I feel like I have to be dictator for some time until I get everything lined out, right? (laughs) Well... Yeah, this is. I guess this will be the podcast where we get into trouble. <laughs> the podcast where we get into trouble. Yeah, look. I mean, I think I don't think there is a um, uh, there's a record of uh, you know transition to a new government that doesn't include some kind of um, you know brief interlude like that. Um, I mean, cer- certainly, certainly ours did. Certainly, uh, you know, really any. Um, any successful new government will go through a period of transition where there will be, um, you know, let's say something less than democracy. Okay. See, see, that's all I'm saying with, with obviously me in charge. Now let's move on. Hungary. <laughs> Dave, a lot of people do not know about any history of Hungary. And I know you obviously have history there. And I'm not going to dwell on it too long. I just wanted to ask, what is their history with communism? What is their, I mean, especially over the last hundred years, I think it's important for people to understand things that have happened in that part of Europe, because I do see some of those things coming here. What happened there? So Hungary has one of the longest and most brutal, um, uh, let's say, most, most ideologically brutal, um, histories with uh, with communism in uh, in Europe, probably probably the most, uh, which is uh, it was you know one of really one of the first places that the communists uh, took hold, and um, and uh, they they did terrible things. They really upended 
um, they, they were uh, they were fanatics. And uh, what made the Hungarian experience in, in the early 20s uh, with communism much different than uh, than in other places were was that the Hungarian communists were kind of obsessed with the family. And that takes us to a very dark place because, as we know, uh, the, the, the greatest obstacle to the fulfillment of communism is that, you know, is, is, is the family unit, is the, is the nuclear family, is the transference of values and traditions and, and, you know, let's say, you know, what they would call bourgeois thought from one generation to the next through the parents. And the communists in Hungary and, you know, frankly, then thereafter in other places thought, hey, we need, to, you know, the, the, the state needs to own the children and at least own the minds of the children. And this is something that, that was that was really a, a really, really dark period in European history that folks don't talk about, you know, big surprise. Um, and uh, and it was one that created a, a, a lasting uh, let's say trauma on the Hungarian people, and it probably accounts for uh, a lot of what makes Hungarians fierce anti-communists today. I mean, they went through a period where they were, um, you know, when when they were uh, under communist rule throughout the Cold War. But you know, you had Soviet tanks in there. They were in 1956. They stood up against um, mm-hmm. uh, against the Soviets against communism. And uh, and they were brutally repressed by the Russians. Um, and, um, you know, so it's, it's always been at, really after their first experience with communism in the 20s, Hunger, Hungarians have always really, really loathed it in a visceral way. And, and, and frankly, I don't blame them. Speaking speak with my friend Dave Reboy, highly recommend you subscribe to his uh, uh, Substack. And you heard him talk about destruction of the nuclear family, and they were obsessed with getting to educate your kids. I will point out for everybody, they were so obsessed with getting to educate the kids, they would have cameras in the classroom, not facing the teacher, facing the students. And you did not want to get caught in class rolling your eyes if the professor said something pro-communist. But Dave, we certainly don't see anything like that today in America, right? Oh yeah, no, there are no parallels at all. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> certainly there are no parallels at all. Um, but no, I mean, we see, we see it. We don't need to be really educated up on the history to, uh, to understand that um, that this is something very clearly and obviously that is uh, that is desired by folks on the left. Um, but as we look at the history, we find that yeah, you know, this is something that happens every place the left is ascendant. Dave, are we gaining ground right now? And I ask it for this reason: I understand there's a million things we can complain about, and Biden's a disaster, and it's all going to garbage. I understand that. But I do. I've always felt like education, as we were just talking about, is the jugular vein for American communism. That if we can somehow get to it and cut it and take that back, they lose all power. And I feel like we're getting some real wins there. Am I just putting a smiley face on an ugly situation? No, I think I think you're right. I think. Um, I mean, it's been it's been said many times that uh, the COVID. Uh, pandemic and the stay at home, the lockdowns and, and all that nonsense um, really created the conditions for, um, you know, for, for the American people to wake up, you know, for the sleeping giant of, of the parents of, uh, of in the United States to wake up and realize, you know, my kids are learning insanity. 
and um, and and it has created a groundswell movement of of parents who want to put a stop to it. Now, yeah, it's going to be very very difficult because these people. You know, the, the folks who we're talking about, the people, the teachers unions, the people who kind of do this for a living and have, you know, PhDs in, you know, what is essentially communism um, and, and communist indoctrination. I mean, the, that, that's what these people live for. They're not going to take it lying down. So there's going to be a pitched battle and, uh, and, you know, parents have to be very, very vigilant about what's going on. Now, I just saw that, uh, that the Manhattan Institute uh, which is a, a, a conservative think tank in New York City, um, has some model legislation for different communities, different uh, you know states and 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 uh, and, and, look, and cities to uh, to pass um, uh, transparency laws when it comes to the curriculum, because you know say, say what you will, there is um, there is no reason why the curriculum for students in public schools has to be secret. And this is what they're fighting. You know, the left is, uh, the left is determined for as few people as possible to know what is going on in that classroom and what the teachers are teaching. And, uh, and the more that there is uh, sunlight, the more the people will be outraged by it. Because it's, I mean, CRT, uh, you have to be a really, you know, you've got to be pretty far gone to like, listen to CRT for the first time and say, or critical race theory and say, you know what, this sounds reasonable. Um, it's, it's something that is not reasonable or sane on its face. And, um, you know, and, and, and really that's why they have to obscure it. Speaking with my friend Dave Reboy, go grab his Substack. Dave, we've only got a couple minutes left here. I did want to ask, I saw you had said something about this. <sighs> Donald Trump sat down for something like eight hours with John Carl of ABC. Please tell me Donald Trump understands that these these people are not ones you should give that much time to. Why? What possible explanation is it is there for Donald Trump sitting down with John Carl for an extended interview? We only got about thirty seconds. Um, yeah, I've, I've I've about had enough of Donald Trump's indulgence. Um, and, and, uh, and, and desire to be loved by folks in the mainstream media. Um, I, I just, you know, it's, it's, he's been on the scene for how many years and he still doesn't get it. Um, I, I just, that was inexcusable. And, uh, and really, I mean, it underlines the fact that he doesn't know what time it is, you know, for all his, for all his virtues, which are frankly considerable in many ways. Mm-hmm. Um, this is something that is so important that he can't seem to wrap his head around, which is yeah. who is a, which is the friend enemy distinction. Yeah. Um, you know, I, 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 um, I, I, frankly, I wish he would just say, you know what, I'm going to hang it up. I'm going to try to influence politics on my own and, and, you know, certainly not put myself in the position where I'm going to be responsible for hiring anybody anymore. Dave Reboy, everybody. Thank you, Dave. All right. I will. Thank f- you finally get to i'm sorry there was a delay in the action but i got distracted i'm gonna finally get to my kavanaugh story you haven't heard i'm gonna get to it next but first have you bought any gold yet please tell me you've called oxford gold group i played all the audio for you yesterday from the fed chairman powell and everything he was saying about inflation and how well it's not going to be transitory anymore it might be here a while These politicians have no intention of stopping this train. 
They're going to keep steamrolling every dime we have. Every dime you have. Every dime I have. Call Oxford Gold Group and they will deliver real gold to your front door. Again, not an email. Real gold. Gold you can hold in your hand. So if this dollar continues to go down and they're telling you it's going to keep going down, you'll have something they can't destroy the value of. Call 833-995-GOLD and tell them Jesse told you to call. 833-995-GOLD. Call Oxford Gold Group. Make sure you're protected. We'll be back. You're listening to The Oracle. You're going to love this one. It's a scream, baby. The Jesse Kelly Show. It is The Jesse Kelly Show. All right, a couple emails here. Now I get to my Kavanaugh story. Heard an interview with Trump recently. This is from the email. He was asked if he could change anything he did while in office. He said, no, that deeply troubled me. He did make mistakes. He trusted previous administration officials to stay inside. And instead of getting rid of hundred percent of them, he hired people not prepared or qualified. He listened to the Fauci types, but yet he still thinks he made no mistakes. That is a problem. I voted for him, but if he insists now on publishing silly and sad opinions, like when Colin Powell passed, he's got to change and fast. Let's talk about Trump for a minute, because Dave just brought it up. And let's have an honest conversation once again about Donald Trump. I liked Donald Trump. I liked Donald Trump. I thought Donald Trump was an outstanding president. I originally hated him back in the primary. I was a Ted Cruz guy. I'm still a Ted Cruz guy. I'm friends with Ted Cruz personally. So I'll just get that out of the way. But I I was shocked how well Donald Trump did as president. I was. But there are a couple things because he might run again. And if he runs again, he's probably going to be the nomination. So if you're probably going to be the nominee. So if if you're a Trump person and you're supporting him, there, there are a couple things we need to get out of the way right off the bat. And a couple of these, well, it's, actually, neither of these are debatable. These two things are facts. One, Donald Trump's personnel decisions, his hiring and firing, they weren't bad. They were inexcusable. Inexcusable. Rex Tillerson as Secretary of State, uh, Omarosa? He brought in Omarosa into the White House? Okay, so let us I don't want to belabor the point. His personnel decisions were atrocious. Kept Fauci on, all these things. So let's set that aside. Okay, fine. People make mistakes. This is the second part, and this part I think everyone needs to hear. And I'm not trying to dissuade or encourage anyone. Support Trump or don't support Trump. I don't wave anybody's pom-poms. Like I said, I thought he was great president. I wish he was still president. I get a lot of emails like this, and I get a lot of phone calls like this of, I liked Trump. I voted for Trump. I just wish he would change blank, fill in the blank, whatever that is. Donald Trump is a billionaire. He is in his 70s, and he is the former president of the United States of America. So I just, I just want to make sure everyone, just taking a step back, not even politics involved here, take a 30,000-foot view. You have a man. He's already a man, so that's going to come with some pride anyway. He's in his 70s, all right, so he's been doing things the way he's been doing them for over 70 years now, okay? He has his name plastered all across hotels and golf courses and everything across the planet. He has achieved billionaire status. He flies around in a jumbo jet 
with his name written down the side of it, which is awesome, by the way. I'm not ripping on it. I'm just, we're taking an honest assessment here. And, and, like 15 minutes ago, he was, quote, the leader of the free world, the president of the United States of America. You can say a lot of things to me. You're welcome to email anything you want. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. You're welcome to call. But just know, if you ever say, and you didn't say that. I'm not accusing this person who emailed of this. But if you ever say, I like Trump, but he needs to change blank, I'm rolling my eyes at you. Donald Trump is not going to change. When you're 70, billionaire, former president, you don't look at yourself in the mirror and say, oh, gosh. I got to get it together. You say to yourself, I'm doing pretty well at life. I think I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. So I'm just going to put that out there. That was not meant as a criticism. If anything, it was meant as a stop stop with your pie in the sky stuff. And that gets so hard for people because people look up to politicians so much. We shouldn't, but we do. Now back to the Kavanaugh story that I've been promising you. Here's a little story you haven't heard before, because we opened up the show and we were talking about uh, Kavanaugh and how he's actually doing very well with this Roe versus Wade stuff. And if you missed any of that, just go download the podcast. We're talking about all the abortion stuff and Roe versus Wade and Kavanaugh. I mean, I don't want to count my chickens before they hatch, but Kavanaugh sounds like he's actually going to be rock solid on this issue. He's been kind of a wuss. He's been rock solid. But do you know, you know why we have Brett Kavanaugh and not somebody else? Do you know? Let me tell you a little tale. A lot of this you'll remember. Some of it you won't because you've never heard it before. You remember when Brett Kavanaugh got nominated? I know you do because everyone remembers it like it was yesterday. It was detestable. The, 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 we talked about the character assassination stuff. and He's an alcoholic, gang rapist. And I mean, just, just the most despicable stuff in the world. It was really, really, really nasty during that confirmation hearing. And it was very nasty, and we didn't have a very good GOP. Not that we have a great one now, but we had a much worse one then. We had people like Jeff Flake sitting in the United States Senate. Now, full disclosure here, I ran for Congress in Arizona back when Jeff Flake was a congressman. And we are just two very different people, and I hate his guts, and the feeling is mutual. He thinks I am a meat-eating barbarian and I think he is a limp-wristed loser who should never be in any position of power whatsoever. And we've both made those, those views of each other very clear to each other. So let's just get that out of the way. But he is a limp-wristed loser. He is. And because he's a limp-wristed loser, he was attacked during the Kavanaugh process and attacked viciously. There's some language issues, so I can't exactly play you the audio of it. But at one point in time, they had some GOP senators teetering back and forth on the brink. Should you support this guy? Should you not? And remember, this was it was so close. Every single vote counted when it came to Kavanaugh. Well, you must understand something about communists. Communists smell blood in the water better than a shark could ever, ever imagine, could ever hope to do. They feast on weakness. They feed, They live for it. The second you start to shrink or kneel in front of them, just like all useless bullies, they take that as an invitation to pounce. They feasted their eyes on Jeff Flake, and they went after him. And I'll tell you the rest of the story in just a second.
It is the Jesse Kelly Show, final hour of the Jesse Kelly Show. I'm going to continue with my Kavanaugh story here in just a second. Before I forget, Representative Andy Biggs of Arizona is one of the good ones. He's on my TV show tonight on the first TV, 9 p.m. Eastern, the first TV. So go enjoy that. Now back to my story. So Kavanaugh's getting savage during the confirmation hearing. Communists smell weakness. They love it. So if you love weakness, you're going to fall in love with Jeff Flake because that's, that's, that's his entire persona. That's, his, that's who he is. He's weak and pathetic. So they went after Jeff Flake. And when I say went after Jeff Flake, you may remember this part. They started sending activist groups after him. Remember, virtually none of the outrage you see from the various communist groups in this country, Antifa or Black Lives Matter or the climate change nutballs or LGBTQ Air Force or the feminists or anybody, none of it's organic. None of it is really real. I mean, you'll have a couple idiot college kids that maybe believe it. You'll rope in some professional athlete like, like LeBron who has an IQ of an orange, but you're not actually going to find true believers in most of these groups. Most of these are organized and funded, organized and funded. That's why they point themselves at certain people. They, that's why they, like last year when they burnt down all those cities, that was organized and funded. That wasn't just a, well, just a good old-fashioned civil rights protest. No, that was organized and funded. It was done on purpose. They went after Jeff Flake and some nasty harpy traps him in an elevator. And this is basically on the day of the vote. It was either the day before the vote, but I think it was the day of the vote. Traps him in an elevator, and this just nasty woman just starts screaming at him. Just screaming at him. You can still go find You can image search it online. I'm sure it's Jeff Flake, woman elevator. It'll probably come right up. And you look at Jeff Flake right there. Jeff Flake looks like he looks like he just wants to soil his granny panties. He just looks like he wants to die. Just because some woman's raising her voice to him. Poor Jeff. And so what happened from there? Now we're going to get to the part you don't know. From there, Jeff Flake, he wanted to vote no on Kavanaugh. Instead, behind the scenes, the GOP, a lot of the leadership, I have to skip over some names here because there are some things I'm not allowed to say. A lot of the GOP, they started bashing heads and at least got him to, hey, Jeff, let's just delay the vote. Let's delay the vote. Remember, they delayed the vote. Okay, so now we have a couple days here. I forget how long they delayed it. The GOP in the Senate then had a private meeting and they tried to get Jeff Flake to say he was going to vote yes because they had to have that vote. Unless, unless Jeff Flake voted yes, we don't have Justice Brett Kavanaugh who may be voting to overturn Roe versus Wade soon. And Jeff Flake was a firm no. He knew he wasn't going to win re-election. He was such a loser that he was going to lose in his primary. That There was no chance of that. So Jeff Flake didn't have anything to lose. He was busy sucking up to Democrats. No, I'm going to vote no. You want to know why Jeff Flake ended up voting yes? You want to know the reason Brett Kavanaugh is there today, possibly voting to overturn Roe versus Wade? Threats. You see, every man has pressure points. Every single one. You have them. I have them. Every single person has pressure points. Jeff Flake loves himself. And Jeff Flake had his eyes on, well, still has his eyes on a career after politics because he has no more career in politics. He wants to be in the media mainly just so he can be, you know, get plenty of attention. 
and some very powerful Republican senators stepped up publicly in front of the entire Republican Conference of the United States Senate and said, if you do not vote yes on Brett Kavanaugh, whatever your post-career plans are, I will destroy them. Jeff Flake, once again, folded like the cheap suit he is, voted yes on Kavanaugh, and that is the real reason Brett Kavanaugh is sitting on the Supreme Court today, possibly ready to overturn Roe versus Wade. That's how the sausage gets made. And look, let's be honest, that's a good moment for the GOP. That's stuff that makes people uncomfortable. And then that, that may have made you uncomfortable, threatening people's careers. I don't like it. I, look, I've said this before. I'll say it again. It is something we all have to understand. Politics is a contact sport. It is a contact sport. It is. Be happy that so far in the United States of America, politics has been as gentle as it's been. But this is a contact sport. These people are playing for keeps. You don't believe me? You don't believe me? Who's Daryl Brooks? You listen to my show. So you're you're somebody more informed than 99.9% of the people out there. Who's Daryl Brooks? Do you even know who he is? Listen to Joe Rogan. If you took all these steps, step one, defund the police. Step one, hire these insane, progressive, air quotes. Crime-loving attorneys, DAs that are letting people off. And like the guy in Wisconsin that ran over those 50 people. That guy, they had just, he had tried to run over his girlfriend. He was out on only $1,000 bail. I he tried knew. to kill somebody with a car. He was out on $1,000 bail, and then he runs over 50 people in a car. Engineered recidivism. And then the way they're covering that story in the news. It's all about the car. The man, you know, there's, it's not the man who killed those people. It's, the car. it's a, an accident that was caused by an SUV. An SUV caused an accident? What are you saying? Did it go haywire? Did the, the auto driving feature go nuts and it just plowed into the crowd? No, that this Engineered. evil man with real problems, drove into a crowd of strangers. His name is Daryl Brooks, and good for Joe Rogan for calling it out. Why is the name Daryl Brooks not a household name? You know what? Not that it's my job to give anybody homework assignments, but if you find this, if you find this at all to be something you can do between now and tomorrow, I want you to do me a favor. I want you to ask five people, ten people in your life, I want you to ask them if they know who Daryl Brooks is. It doesn't have to be, I don't want you to be confrontational. Don't be starting fights with friends or family or coworkers. Just ask a simple question. Do you know who Daryl Brooks is? Because here's who Daryl Brooks is. And no, I'm not going to let this go. Daryl Brooks is the man who just committed the largest domestic terror attack we've had in the United States of America in years. He is a racist, vile, violent, Black Lives Matter supporting black nationalist And after days and days and days of the media complaining about the Rittenhouse verdict and claiming it was somehow white supremacy in a trial involving only white people, Daryl Brooks, not an SUV, Daryl Brooks got in a vehicle and hunted down a parade of white people in Waukesha, Wisconsin, and mowed down 60 of them. Grandmas. An eight-year-old boy... And grandmas? Imagine your grandma ending her life like that. I know I tend to get sentimental when it comes to things like grandmas and kids. Man, grandma should be dying peacefully in her bed, surrounded by her family. 
Why is grandma getting mowed down by a vile racist black nationalist and nobody wants to talk about it still? It's a big deal. This anti-white violence, this hatred spreading across the country is a big deal. And the American media and the Democratic Party, they're the ones pushing it. They're actively pushing nut jobs to violence. It's a big deal. And then when these leftists commit this, these acts of violence, they ignore it as if it's nothing. As if it were, oh, it's no big deal. 60 people were just mowed down with an SUV. If that happened in France, it'd lead every nightly news program. It happened in Wisconsin, and they forgot about it in 15 minutes. And we all know why. This is the part where we're supposed to say, well, why? I wonder why. We all know why. We all know why. The truth is, it's not, it's not really that complicated. Communists are totally fine with you dying. I, oftentimes, they'll do it themselves, but they're certainly not going to cry over it. A bunch of white people in Waukesha, Wisconsin dying? That's a good day in the mind of a communist. Don't, look, I understand. I, I'm in the media. I understand exactly how stories get picked. You know what stories get played on my TV show every night? Remember, I have my TV show on the first, 9 p.m. Eastern every night. You know what stories get get played on my show? Whatever ones I want to get played on the show. And you know what stories don't get played on my show? You know what ones don't get played? Here's what's crazy. The ones I don't want played. These people are in total control over what plays on their news programs and what doesn't. Over what gets printed in their papers and what doesn't. Why doesn't every single American know the name of Daryl Brooks? You know what? Forget that. I'll take it a step further. Why don't I know his voter registration? Do you think you'd know his voter registration if he was a Trump voter? Why don't I know about his social media history besides what people on the right have dug up why don't i know about friends people he's been incarcerated with why don't i know about family why don't i know everything there is to know about daryl brooks instead no one knows his name no one knows his name sick man sick all right moving on from that Get to some more emails. I'll finally take some phone calls. 877-377-4373. Let's talk about gold for a second. I understand it can be it can be hard to go spend that kind of money. It can be hard to spend any kind of money when it comes to buying something like gold because it's not a car. You don't drive it. It's not a gun. You don't get to shoot it. You're going to buy gold from Oxford Gold Group. They're going to deliver it to your front door. And don't get me wrong, it's really cool to have it, but it's still just going to sit there. It's not going to sing and dance for you. It's not going to make you dinner. You know what it might do, though? It might bail you out big time if they destroy this dollar. They're already talking about inflation numbers for 2022 that make 2021 look like the booming 20s. Call Oxford Gold Group and call them soon. Inflation is going up every day. You just don't get a new report on it every day because they don't report on it every day. Call 833-995-GOLD and tell them Jesse told you to call. 833-995-GOLD, Oxford Gold Group. Miss something? There's a podcast. Get it on demand wherever podcasts are found. The Jesse Kelly Show. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. I'll tell you, 
I almost just let the Beach Boys play the whole segment. Chris, what? Are we allowed to do that? There's probably got to be like licensing things or something. Can you get with technical people or legal people or something? What do you guys do over there? Get to some emails. You can email the show, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Your love, your hate, your death threats, all are welcome. You got to email. It goes to Chris, though. You see, he prints them all out for me. I read them. I'll never respond. I get way too many, and I'm very rude, but I do read them all. Let's get to a couple. Dear Maestro, Master, and Meaning Maker of the Morass. Chris, what's the morass? No, that's not a cuss word. That's one word. M-O-R-A-S-S. Morris? Morass? I better be careful with that one. Anyway, I want to give what is, to me, a meaningful monthly sum of money to defeat the commies as we head into the 2022 election. Here's my question. To whom would you give? Trump's pack or a different pack or individual candidates? I loved Trump's policies and outcomes, but I'm, I'm not sure I want to see him run again. I hate to water down the impact by sending lesser amounts to various candidates. I live in the Republic of Boulder, Colorado. We're stuck here for five more years due to blended family, kids, involved situation, but we'll get out of as soon as we can. <clears throat> Listen, do not ever give to anyone's pack. Okay, it, uh, well, that may be a little premature. I've never seen a pack. Trump's included, that I would give my money to, ever. These PACs, including Trump's, they end up getting run by people. They end up getting run by people who take generous salaries from the money you've given because you believe that PAC is going to go for your values. You throw Trump's name on it automatically. If you're a Trump fan, and most people listening are, well, they must be supporting Trump. Maybe they will, maybe they won't. We don't know. Only give to individuals. Never, ever, ever give to the party. You never give to the Republican Party. In fact, if the Republican Party went bankrupt and they fired every employee and they demoed the building, it'd be a great day. You never give to the Republican Party. I remember when I ran for Congress and during my second race, when I lost the second time, they they decided they were going to help out after I beat the crap out of their establishment boy the last time. They decided they were going to send out a team, a crack team. They're going to send out their people. Well, I mean, I guess I was just naive, but I thought to myself, man, this will be pretty nice. We're going to have some guys from the Republican Party. It was actually from the NRCC, the National Republican Congressional Committee. They're going to send out people, and these guys, they're going to tell us the secret sauce. They're going to know all these ins and outs we didn't know. Can you believe it, guys? Help is on the way. And I'll never forget we go sit down and for a meeting with these guys. And this was in Washington, D.C. And I'm thinking, gosh, this is so cool. We got the professionals on it. And we sat down for an hour-long meeting or so with these guys. And we walked out. And we all, my entire staff, we all looked at each other like, that was the least impressive meeting I've ever been in in my entire life. These freaking morons have no idea what they're doing. And I just told them all. I gathered them all around and I said, everyone listen to me and listen well. We're not doing a single thing these idiots said. Not a single thing. We'll accept whatever help they give from afar. We're on our own. And out we go. Never give to the party, ever. Never give to a pack. You give to a candidate that means something to you. But I will say this, and, and it's, it's, it's gross because you don't like telling people to give out money to things that aren't charities, you know, widows and orphans, that kind of stuff. Money does matter. It matters a lot. 
Uh, part of the reason these American cities, I'm actually going to talk about Philadelphia here in a second. Part of the reason these American cities are burning is because of money. Money that was funneled to the district attorney races. Money funneled for a reason. Money funneled to these district attorney races so the communists would get elected and turn all the violent criminals loose. That's what happened. That's what happened. So if you find a candidate that, that appeals to you, give. They need your money. People, it doesn't matter if, if I'm, let's say I'm running for office. It doesn't matter if I have the best message in the world. If I'm sitting in a closet saying by myself, saying it to myself, if you're not, if you don't have the money to go out there and send people mail or go on TV or something like that, then it doesn't matter. You're just speaking to yourself. People aren't going to seek out the candidates to find their message. The candidates have to get in front of the people and it costs money. Money does, it does cost you notice, you've noticed, I'm sure, I don't have a ton of candidates on the show. I'll have them on, but I don't have a ton on. And I'll be honest with you, there's a reason for that. We tend to take the vetting of candidates pretty seriously. And I don't want to be the show where a new candidate gets on every single night and then pitches his website and, hey, give if you can. I, when we bring someone on, like I've brought on uh, Joe Kent before. Joe Kent's that former Green Green Beret. His wife was this stud in the CIA, and she got killed. He's this America first father, Green Beret, running for Congress. I brought Joe Kent on. I'll bring Joe Kent on again. If I bring someone on this show, it doesn't mean he's he's going to be appealing to you. But when I bring him on, I'm telling that's me saying this is someone you can support. That's that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to make it special enough. So you know, if I bring him on, this is someone we've looked into. We get requests every single daggone day by every Tom, Dick, and Harry in the country who's running for something, Congress or Senate or whatnot. If I have someone on, I either love that person or I hate his opponent. And I'll be very honest with you about both those things. Like uh, we have, what's his name? Nathan Dom. Nathan Dom coming on. You don't know who Nathan Dom is. Nathan Dom is, one, he is a very good dude, but two, he's running in a primary against the Republican senator of Oklahoma named James Lankford. James Lankford is one of the biggest losers ever to be an elected Republican in this country. You remember when St. George Floyd died and all the Republicans were caving? James Lankford led the charge. I do think we should change the name of military bases. Look at me. I'm, I'm Mr. Black people. James Lankford is trash. And so I'm going to have on his primary opponent just so I can beat James Lankford. Yeah, I am I am spiteful like that. Absolutely. 100%. I believe in offense. All right. I'll get to some more emails. I'm going to talk about what happened in Philadelphia. And I will take your phone calls. 877-377-4373. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. I'm going to take some phone calls, 877-377-4373. Back to the money in politics. I was bringing up money in politics. I'm looking at a headline here. The headline is Krasner strikes again. Suspect in murder of Temple student walked after the DA dropped armed carjacking charges against him. I don't expect you to be able to unpack all that, but here's the deal. Krasner is the name of the DA in Philadelphia. And once again, they had a violent felon. Latif Williams is his name. They had him in jail. 
Uh, he was charged with armed carjacking, aggravated assault, robbery, conspiracy, and possession of an unlicensed gun. You know, little things like that. The DA, in the name of equality, essentially turned him loose. Well, he went on to murder somebody. It's not surprising. Violent people are violent. That's what they do. I've been going off about this a lot lately, and this is something I'm not going to let go. Understand this massive rise in violent crime in the cities is not an accident. It is not accidental. The communists are getting these DAs elected who will turn loose violent criminals on purpose. That's the reason they're getting these guys elected. They wait. I just talked to a Los Angeles detective about this, or former, actually retired LA detective about this. They wait, George Soros and the gang, all the left, all the communist billionaires, they wait until a DA race is underway and they sit back and analyze it. And they've done this in several cities across the country, LA, Philadelphia, others. They wait until the DA race is underway. They identify who's the crazy communist who will turn loose all the violent guys. And then, boom, they essentially open up the money floodgates and just dump money on the guy. And there's never enough money in a DA race. Who even gives to a DA race? You're into politics. You've never given it a DA race in your life. Don't lie. Well, they go in and just flood someone with money, virtually guaranteeing he's going to win. He gets on, into office and does this stuff. This is happening across the country for a reason. Over 500 murders in Philadelphia this year. That's Juarez numbers. That's, that's Kandahar. Nope. That's Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And do not make the mistake of thinking this is an accident. Or they're just misguided. Oh, he screwed this one up. This is on purpose. I'm never going to stop repeating it. The communists have always turned loose violent criminals while they're doing their revolution. Don't get me wrong. They line them all up and shoot them at the end. But during their revolution, they always turn loose violent criminals to create more violence and death and misery and chaos. So you feel completely unsettled, thus more willing to give the communists power. Thus more willing to give the communists power. All right. Nick in Denver. Go. Hey, Jesse, I, uh, I, you know, I sit back and I listen to people talk about the teachers unions and, you know, they, they say how bad they are, but teachers are great people. Well, you know who puts the teachers union in power? The teachers do. The teachers are the ones that control that. They, are, they have to be, those, the, the leadership has to be voted in. I'm the president of the Denver Police Association that represents all Denver police officers. Mm-hmm. I have a board of six other officers. If we do things that are contrary to Denver police officers, if we do things that are not in their best interest, they will vote our asses out. We're gone. And at the end of the day, why, why do people keep giving all these teachers passes? They keep putting their leadership in position. They're the ones that allow the, the teachers union to, to do all the bad things to our kids. It's wrong. And I got to tell you, I just had a call. I love your show. I had to call and say this because it bothers me so much that we just can't, I, I, we can't allow it to happen. And you can't let the teachers get a pass. 
because they put that leadership in, in position, in, in those positions of power. And at the end of the day, all the kids, they're the ones who suffer, period. That's and a fact. Uh, I, just, I just had to say that to you, Jesse. I love your show. Appreciate you, brother. I'll stop you when you say something wrong. Very, very much appreciate you. Look, I mean, he's, he's not wrong. He's not wrong. And <sighs> here's the thing about teachers. I've said this before. I'll say it again. It's wildly offensive, so it's something I repeat as often as humanly possible, but it's 100% true. A teacher is just like a doctor, just like a general. They're, they're, all, they're all three. I, I lump them all in together, and this is what I mean by that. A teacher in general, most teachers are completely useless. They're completely mediocre and useless. However, one great one. All it takes is one great one to change your life. And if you're a teacher out there, understand that could be you. And I don't, I don't mean you have to be a college economics professor. I had, I think, two or three. I had three teachers in my entire life, and I still remember them to this day. One of them was the second grade, was the second grade. One great teacher can change your life. But he's right. They, they get a pass a lot. Everyone loves to blast teachers unions because they don't want to be seen as bashing teachers because just like generals and just like doctors, it, the, the profession itself automatically gets given an, a, a, some level of respect. When you hear general, you think to yourself, oh, man, nice. A general has probably been around a lot. Most of these generals suck. Millie's a general. Lloyd Austin's a general. Are they still examining white rage while China tests hypersonic missiles? Most of these generals are losers. In fact, most officers in general are losers. But one great one can change your life. Almost all my officers in the Marine Corps were absolutely worthless. I mean, completely worthless. But man, I had a couple. If they called me today... And they said, Jesse, we got to go on this mission, and I don't know if we're coming back. I would say, let me know where to be, sir. Let's go. You get one great leader, one great one like that, and you follow him to hell and back. Teachers are the exact same way. He's right. I mean, you're voting for this scumbag leadership. Why? Teachers unions are destroying public education in this country. They are. Ron in Tennessee, go, boss. Hey, I loved your comments about contributions to individual candidates, specifically Trump, give you my history. I gave, I donated to Max in 2016. And then the Republicans started calling me in 2018 when they were not supporting Trump and they wanted money. I said, no, I, I will contribute to Trump. He's not running. I said, and you're not supporting him. Now I am receiving emails in the name of Donald Trump, but, at, and i want to suggest this. Anybody who receives such an email, scroll down to the bottom to unsubscribe, and you will see from whom it really comes. It comes from the NRCC, or it comes from a PAC. It is not coming from Donald Trump or any... Thank you for the phone call. He's 100% right. I, look, I brought this up when it, when it comes to charities. We were talking about charities. What was it, last night or something like that? And this is the season of giving. It is the Christmas season. We're celebrating the birth of Jesus, Chris, although happy Hanukkah to you. Of course. Wait, it is still Hanukkah. This thing lasts like 90 days, doesn't it? How long How long does it, your, you people's holiday last? Eight. Okay, eight days. Sorry, I was almost there. I was almost there. No, but seriously, happy Hanukkah. But this is the season of giving. It is. This is when people give. Be really careful, not just with the candidates, 
with the charities you give to. They're all designed to sound good, to sound right. Look them up. Look them up. Why do I tell you about Tunnel to Towers all the time? They have over 98 rating out of out of 100. Four stars. That's why I tell you about Tunnel to Towers. It's not just that they take care of widows and orphans. They don't waste your money. They are a minority. A minority. You're going to give your money to the Salvation Army so they can talk to you, talk to everyone about how white people suck? I'm not. No thanks. Keep ringing that bell at me. No thanks. All right. We have headlines I didn't get to. I'm going to get to a couple more phone calls, and then we're going to sign off, and I'm going to go get something to eat because I'm short-tempered right now. But first, we keep talking about our kids and the next generation. We're just talking about teachers and teachers this and teachers that. And, and, And look, obviously, who educates your child is important, but here's the uncomfortable truth of it. It's something something we both have to acknowledge. The most important teacher in your child's life is you. Surely I'm not going to just pass my children off to school to learn. Now, granted, I can't teach them algebra, but thanks to the Tuttle Twins books, I can sure teach them about the dangers of communism. I can teach them about the golden rule. I can teach them about free markets, entrepreneurship. I can teach them about the proper role of government. And you may be saying to yourself, Jesse, I don't know how to say that. I don't know how to teach it. That's why I'm telling you about these things. You don't have to. These are entertaining, fictional books your kid will love. Kids of any age, toddlers to teenagers, they have every age group. Go to TuttleTwinsJesse.com and you get 35% off right now. TuttleTwinsJesse.com. These things are awesome. Go. Enjoy. Feeling a little stocky? Follow, like, and subscribe on social at Jesse Kelly DC. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. Don't forget you can email the show jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Um, the podcast. Apparently, they podcast every show. You know that, right? They podcast every show on iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes. That thing's blowing up huge, Chris. <laughs> That's awesome. Look, I have to say from the bottom of my heart, thank you to me. What? What? Is that not how you're supposed to do it? <laughs> Joaquin in Pennsylvania. Go, boss. Hey, Jesse, uh, have you heard the commercials? The FBI is here to help. They want to protect you and your community from hate crimes. And now the other thing that really troubles me is when I hear people, particularly in conservative media, you know, when they're worried about uh, groups, um, you know, meeting and having uh, disputes, okay? Anyway, BLM and Antifa, they always are conflating the right organizations with – with white supremacists, and even in Charlottesville, you know, you have the neo-Nazis, which are left-wing, unite the right, you know, and they keep trying to conflate people like the Proud Boys, uh, the, uh, uh, the Oath Keepers, and the Three Percenters, who are basically Americans. If you see their videos, they've they got people from all kinds of ethnicities in there, from all walks of life, you know, but they keep trying to conflate these with white supremacists and, of course, hate crimes. 100% right. 100% right, and it, it is pathetic on our side how our side falls for these things all the time. You'll see, like, he just brought up uh, Proud Boys. Now, granted, I'll be honest with you, that is a really, really stupid name. It's a really, really dumb name, but I'm not that familiar with the group, but from everything I understand about them, they basically just stand guard so people don't get assaulted by Antifa in Black Lives Matter. 
Is there something wrong with that? That sounds like something awesome. I say good for them. Keep doing it. But all of a sudden, they've been classified as some hate group somehow? Uh, You should be out there standing up to street communists. Former history professor, I just heard you tease a history podcast again on Monday's show. Can you give us an update on when or if we'll get some unwoke history again, or at least some suggestions on some history podcasts you like? I can't even tell you how flattered I am that people are just dying for history to come back. For people who don't know, before the show went super, super huge a few months ago, I used to open every show with a history story, every single show. It, the first hour of the show about everything, battles or wars, or we did cartel stuff. It didn't matter what it was. And I love talking about history just because I'm a fan of it. I read it. I'm obsessed with it. I watch it. I do whatever I can do. I consume it all. And I hate how almost all history is presented now. It's almost all presented as some America sucks, white people suck, America's evil. It's all presented from these left-wing, like a left-wing base, instead of just talking about honest history. We could talk about ugly things from our past and great things from our past. History's complicated. The answer to your question is no. The History Podcast is not coming back yet. As you can tell, I mix in a bit of history in every show anyway. It's not coming back yet. It is coming back as soon as this studio is freaking built. They're building us a, 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 big, a big fancy studio where I will have more time to do the amount of research necessary to actually get a good show out. You see, it takes, I mean, if you're going to do a history show, it, it takes two or three hours at least of research in order to do it right. I could hit you a bunch of high points on stuff, but what's the fun in that? We're going to sit down and we're going to have some fun, and it's going to be a totally separate podcast from this show. Totally separate podcast. All right, it's time. And now, here's a headline. By the goal, you know the, you know the thing. Headlines we didn't get to. Cruise on Biden delisting a Marxist terrorist organization. It was one of the ones out of Columbia, by the way. Quote, it is a pattern of appeasement and weakness towards terrorists. I love Senator Cruz. Actually, we're going to have him on soon, and he's not wrong about this. All the Biden administration has done is grab its ankles for terrorists. But I will tell you this. It has more to do with the Marxist appeal than anything else. It is amazing. It is really, really amazing how comfortable the Biden administration is with communists, whether they be communists in Colombia, communists in America, communists in China. It's funny how much overlap there is there. Hmm. I wonder why that is. Austria. Doctor fined for amputating the wrong leg of a patient. Well, look, here's the thing. He's just going to have to roll with it. Headline, medical examiner who performed Jeffrey Epstein's autopsy resigns. People are going to make a lot of this. Her name's Dr. Barbara Sampson, by the way, and she just chose to resign for a job in the, quote, private sector. But look, when you have a billionaire who ran an international sex trafficking ring and then he killed himself after all the cameras went off in jail and the guards fell asleep, there's going to be a decent amount of suspicion surrounding every single thing, wouldn't you say? Lakers star LeBron James out indefinitely under NBA's coronavirus health and safety protocols. LeBron James, I guess he's fully vaccinated. He got coronavirus. Now, I hate LeBron James with the fire of a thousand suns, but I do hope he recovers. I'm not one of these freaking monsters who hope all my COVID opponents die of COVID. That's freaking horrible. Israeli military readying for plan B if Iran nuclear talks fail. Plan B? 
I had no idea they were getting ready for Kamala. Black Lives Matter calls for month-long boycott of white companies. In case you were wondering just how interested the FBI is in organized racist domestic terrorist groups, they're not even looking into Black Lives Matter. Federal government to shut down in two days. Some Republicans seek to use leverage to defund the vax mandates. Why isn't this every Republican? Every single Republican should be stepping up right now, like Chip Roy in Texas is. Every Republican should be stepping up right now and saying, no, you cannot have your debt ceiling increase as long as you're trying to cram an unconstitutional vaccine mandate down the throats of Americans, getting nurses fired, getting cops fired, getting firefighters fired, military guys, they're running Navy SEALs out, Green Berets, bunch of Marines are getting ready to get the axe. Stand up for something at some point in time, Republicans, you useless dorks. All right. We're going to have a lot of fun tomorrow, as we always do. Don't forget to get your Ask Dr. Jesse questions in. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. That's all.